Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today on the show, this is a special sponsored episode, and it's a bonus episode, and it's with Verve Super, an ethical super fund by women for women. Let's have a chat. So you're about to hear an interview that I did with Christina Hobbs, who is the CEO and co-founder of Verve Super, and they're a cool fund running out of Melbourne. They're doing some cool things, right? Just because there is a product talked about on the podcast, it's not financial advice. Don't go and drop everything and do it. If you want financial advice, you have to pay for financial advice, right? But I want you to listen to this interview, hear what Christina and the team are doing at Verve, hear where we're going as a society, why we're going there as a society, and I'm talking about all things ethical investing and looking after our planet. And one step further, making sure the whole value chain is ethical and there's good governance with these underlying companies. So, hey, let's uh, dive in right now. Hey, Christina, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Not a worry. Now, you've been kind enough to let me into your cool little uh, workspace here and there's dogs running around everywhere. Is that a cavoodle? (laughs) Yeah, I think we're the first superannuation fund with a cavoodle running around and with graffiti art of women on the walls. That's great. And it's um, it's very on brand. So, if you go to vervesuper.com.au, basically that website, I'm sitting in your website right now. Thank you. That is true. I think we're actually lucky. We actually designed the website and then we moved to this wonderful women's co-work space in Melbourne that happened to have the same colours yeah, and design. It's just amazing. So, thank you very much. Now, before this interview, I didn't actually know a little bit about yourself. Tell me, you know, this is nice that you're Christina Hobbs, the CEO of Verve Super, but that's just a position and a title. Tell us a little bit about your background because it's so intriguing. What have you been doing the last 10 years? Um, Yeah, I mean, I probably have the most um, untraditional background for the CEO of a superannuation fund. So, I spent the last 10 years working for the United Nations and really in some of the world's uh, biggest hotspots, most conflict-affected countries. So, um, this time last year, I was just coming out of Baghdad, Iraq, Um, I spent the years before that working in Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Turkey. So, a really different shift to be leading a superannuation fund in Australia now. Wow. In Melbourne with like good coffee and cool climate that's not hot and humid and dusty. (laughs) A lot of dust in uh, the Middle East, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's about 40 degrees um, cooler here. Wow. And what were you doing with the UN? So, really interestingly, I um, was working setting up um, really financial services and cash transfers in conflict zones. So, wow. looking at how do we transfer money to people um, who urgently need assistance. So, instead of giving people like food and blankets, how do we help them access cash? So, using mobile money technology. Um, wow. 
And is that like with the um, UNHCR, like is it getting money on the ground effectively? So when people make a donation, it's actually making sure the money can get on the ground? Yeah, exactly. So I was working with UNHCR, with the UN World Food Programme. So these organisations to really get that money out and really cost effectively and efficiently as well. Amazing. Well, so what I've done and I've kind of put you on the spot a little bit because we had a brief chat before but over my coffee this morning, I've put together some questions that I want to um, deep dive into into Verve Super, into Super in general, your view of the world. So I've got some little sections here. I want to first start and talk about Super in general. Then we might move into women in investing, then ethical investing, and then we may, and we probably will because it's a, a, a Verve podcast today, we'll talk about Verve the fund. So, so talk to me about your view on super in general. Like if I'm 25 years old, why would I care about retirement and super because it's so far away? Yeah, it's a really good question and I think one that a lot of your audience is probably listening to now. But it's almost the most important time to think about super because those little bits that you put away now is the money that over 40, 50 years accumulates, builds up because of compound interest and is really what you're going to be retiring on. So at the moment, if you're a woman, um, chances are that you're going to retire dependent on the old age pension or on your husband in retirement. Now, that's kind of a bit shocking for probably most of the young women who are listening to this podcast and used to living really independent lives. Mm, mm. So it's it's more about we've just got to do the future self a favour today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's about thinking, you know, what kind of life do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to be living? Do you want to be working forever? Um, do you want to be able to retire early, enjoy some of the things like travel and good food? Um, what does that future you look like? Yeah, so that's all well and good. But what what do you think are some of the things that people can do to increase their super balance? Yeah, I think it's really important to just take an hour out of your day, um, think about what you might want to retire on when you're older, think about what you're putting away now. Um, there's some great tools available. There's a simple retirement calculator on the Money Smart website you can look at, um, you know, and have a look at how you're, how you're tracking. Um, and then look at, you know, are you on track? And if not, maybe it's about putting away a little bit extra now so that you can have more to enjoy later. Yeah, and particularly like if you're in a uh, if you're in a relationship and there is a lower income spouse, um, I know at the current time of us speaking, uh, you can put $3,000 in the lower income earner superannuation and the higher income earner spouse can get a $500 tax credit. So there's little hacks like that that are available to boost our super. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a great, um, it's so great to know about those and take advantage of them. So um, between you and your employer, you can contribute $25,000 a year into your superannuation um, tax-free. So that's money that's coming from your salary you're not paying tax on. So a great opportunity to contribute extra um, if you can to your super. You'll save on tax and you're saving for your retirement. Or as you said, get your partner to. Yeah. And the cool thing is now like that $25,000 and it's called a concessional contribution cap. Traditionally, you could only put that in via salary sacrifice or your employer 9.5%. Or if you're self-employed, you could put money in and claim that on tax. The cool thing is... All citizens that are working at the moment can put money in their super under that $25,000 cap and claim that on tax. 
Yeah, totally. And, you know, there's a couple of ways you could do this. So you could, you know, maybe it's about every month making a regular contribution, setting it up with your fund. You know, even $20 a month is going to have a really major impact down the track. That could be the difference between you having an overseas trip every year in your retirement or having, you know, a holiday in Australia. Yeah. So I think, and I do it myself and I've been quite vocal on the show that I cap out my super every year and it's for a couple of reasons. One, I'm in a fortunate enough position to have the spare money, quote unquote, but two, given my personality, if the money's in my bank account, it's going to grow legs and I'm going to spend it because I'm a spender and I live the good life and I, so it's, it's more about I've got to protect the Glen of the future. So for me, I'm locking that money away. Yeah, totally. I think that's a really good mindset. Yeah, so just in super in general, like it's so bloody confusing uh, when you open your super fund and there's all these different investment options. Um, what would you say to the 25-year-old person who, you know, wants to take a bit of an active role in their super yeah, great. I mean, first of all, absolutely spend that little amount of time now and get yourself sorted because we can see that if you're in the wrong fund, if you're in the wrong option, um, you could be paying really high fees, you could be paying multiple insurances. Um, so just taking that little bit of time. Um, and there's a couple of really quick things you can do. So you can hop on the ATO website or even a lot of funds. Um, like if you sign up to Verve, we find all your super funds in the process. So checking how many funds you have open and looking to consolidate them into one fund. Super quick thing you can do that will help you save on fees. Then looking at what you want that fund to be investing in, thinking about your ethics of the fund and then also having a look at the fees of those funds and then thinking about the exact option. So as you just mentioned then, um, there's all kinds of options you can invest in. There's cash options which are lower risk, which is sort of like investing bonds. I know you've talked about in your show before. Um, or higher risk options, which also tend to be higher growth over the long term with a higher investment in shares. So as a young person, you probably want to invest your money in a balanced balanced growth or a growth option. Yeah, absolutely. And realistically, I think, and I'll probably go out on a limb to say, if you're 55 years old, and this isn't financial advice. Oh, by the way, I probably should mention this episode is not financial advice. You know, it's just well, I'm profiling different products and services all around Australia. So, just consider Verve Super when you are looking at superannuation, so not financial advice. Realistically, if, even if you're a 55-year-old individual, okay, technically, you've got 10 years until you can really, up to 15 years realistically until you can draw that money. Now, there's a strong case for somebody who is 55, 60 to still have a growth or a balanced growth option with 65 to 70% in growth, even up to 85%. Now, and this is where the psychology of investing, and we don't have time to spend an hour talking about this today, but the psychology of investing says that, hey, even if you are retired and 67 years old, and you might have built up 500,000 or a million dollars worth of super, just because you retire shouldn't mean that, okay, I've stopped working now, I just move everything to cash because that money still needs to work and because you're not going to spend it all tomorrow, you're going to draw down on it. So, there's a bit of a fallacy out there and I think the government, I'm ranting, aren't I? But whatever, no, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the government in their, their means to protect people have these my super investment options where as you get older, they really turn down the risk automatically just to protect members from you know, being 60-year-old and then having a financial crisis and like the balance is dropping, 
Now, absolutely, that protects in the extreme downside, but there's so much opportunity risk if you just move to cash or very conservative. I guess what we're both agreeing on now, if you are young, you need to be invested likely in a growth option. Don't try and worry about, oh, I don't want instability. You can't touch the money anyway for 25 years if you, you know, I don't know, under 40. So, yeah. I don't know, yeah. where, I don't know how to end that rant. But <laughs> yeah, actually, if you look in the PDS, um, so the PDS is sort of the document that each super fund has to have, which gives all the breakdown of all the information. It can't be more than eight pages, so they can't bamboozle you with information. Um, but if you look at those different options, so balanced or growth, it'll actually give you an indication of how many years out of 20 um, it expects to make a profit. So if you look at like a growth option, for instance, um, it might expect to make a profit in six, for 16 years, but four years it expects to make a loss. So if you're in the middle of a, G, a global financial crisis or if you're in the middle of a loss period, um, it's okay as long as your fund is still performing well compared to the market and just know that that money will make itself back up again over the long term. Yeah, so like a good podcaster and interviewer and it's funny, our listeners, the feedback they give me because I joke around and say, oh, I don't prepare for episodes, right? I kind of do and I have prepared for this episode today and I've actually got my laptop here with your PDS open. So <laughs> no, pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. So, so for example, the Verve Super, just the balanced growth strategy, the standard risk measure is medium and it's recommended that you have at least four to six years invested. So that's standard, that's government law that every super fund must have these standard measurement sticks in their PDS. So... Yeah, absolutely. If you were 67 and literally wanted to take your all of your money out tomorrow or next Thursday or whatever very soon to buy a yacht with all your money, you probably wouldn't have it in this. But if you anticipate needing to draw down on that pension for many, many years, well, it's still probably a good option because we know that the money is going to be invested for at least four to six years. I'd like to move on now. We've talked conceptually about super and if I can just finish and I'm sure you'll agree, super, it's not this mystical thing that, you know, that's the money over there and it's not really my money. No, it is your money and it's just super is a tax structure. That's all it is. Australia is a tax haven. Actually, I think even in the United States, to get money into their equivalent of super, I think think off the top of my head, it's no more than $10,000 per year that you can contribute tax effectively. So, Australia, like, we've just got to make use, if you've got the money, um, to max out the tax concessions that we do have in Australia. So, let's move on to um, the nitty gritty. And a lot of my listeners, they like when I get people on the show and have a bit of a grill fest. So, I'm going to fire... Right, I've been warned. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to fire up the barbecue uh, and turn on the hot plate. Now, you started a super fund just for women. Why? Yeah, I mean, I think to be clear, it's a super fund that's tailored to service women. So, we do have nine male members. So, if any of your listeners would like to become number 10, they're more than <laughs> yeah. welcome to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's tailored for women. And the reason we did that was really because women are retiring um, with a lot less savings than the men. But also that if you look at the research, women also constantly rate the financial services sector as the least ethical um, and also the least trustworthy industry. And in part, the reason is perhaps because 93% of funds are led by men. So we really wanted to create a fund that's also a supportive environment with free financial coaching, 
um, to really help and support women, not just um, prepare for their retirement, but also to understand all aspects of their financial management. I was actually going to ask you, do you think you'll be sued for sexism soon? But you've been clear that it's just tailored towards women, but you're open to anyone joining. Intersex, transgender, male, female, anyone can join. Yeah, totally. And we actually had an um, investment event the other night and we had a room full of women and one of our nine male members came. Oh, so, that was great. So good. So good. And it's funny because I was talking to a, a girl this morning actually and I was saying, oh, I'm actually interviewing Verve Super and I'm actually excited because, you know, Christina there looks like they're killing and really wanting to make a change. And she said, oh, it seems weird that you'd need a super fund just for women. Like, so... I think it's good. It's just good that we're profiling women and on my podcast even, like I've recently completed a series, Chicks Killing It. So, you know, we have a lot of women who are listeners to the podcast and I'll always champion women to get out there and kill it because there are some industries still um, and it's a it's a man's world in some industries. Yeah, and I think I think the really cool thing about it is, you know, there's women who are retired today living in poverty on the pension because by law they had to give up their jobs um, when they got married back in the 60s. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, you know, and yet today here now women have, you know, one point something trillion dollars in superannuation. So we've got this amazing opportunity to invest that wealth that we've built up um, and to invest it for, you know, a better planet in the kind of things we want to invest it in. So the stats are saying that women are retiring with sometimes up to 40% less super than men. Like what do you think the main thing is? And it's such a complex issue. Yeah, in, in, you know, on one hand, it's super complicated because it's the pay gap, um, which is present from the first day that women graduate and get into their first job. It's women taking time out of the system to care. So it's all these systemic factors. But if you look at it, it's actually that the superannuation system is just unfair. So every year, as you talked about before, the government hands out $36 billion in tax concessions through the system. It's essentially a tax haven, but men are getting two-thirds of that money. So it's really a tax haven that's favouring men. Um, so we could structure Is it favouring men just by default? Because yeah. Because that's the way society is, I guess, skewed or...? It's favouring men by the way that the system's structured, which is to provide the most benefit to the people that are earning the most and working consistently. Which then flows down to, well, it looks like it's the men anyway. Totally. Sure. But, but this could be structured differently, right? So in some countries, they actually provide um, what are called caring credits. So you can earn like your pension or superannuation credits when you take time out of the workforce to care. So there's whole ways that we could restructure this money that we give out through the system to make it to make it fairer. Mm. There's Was it Vic? Well, yeah, I mean Melbourne. So was it Victoria that just said you can move your um, sexual preference or your status from your birth certificate? Well, on that, we, we even faced like huge problems because like we wanted to, you know, for instance, when you enter your gender, which we have to take on the entrance form, um, it was only male and female. So we had to advocate and undertake heaps of action to try to fix that up with the superannuation administrator. Um, we're still um, working with the insurance provider to change their forms, mm. um, you know, away from male, female. I, yeah, I guess I'm saying like if we as uh, human beings can wish not to identify as any gender, I guess. I'm probably not schooled enough in this area. Um, it then by default means there's not women retiring with up to 47 less super than men. It is people in the community are retiring with 47%. So, I guess what I'm saying is you're championing a cause for members of society 
to actually do as equal as other members of society. Yeah, totally. In its purest form. Totally. It's about anyone anyone who takes time out of the workforce to care um, should be supported to live in comfortably in retirement, whether that's men or women. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of, um, you know, men who are the, um, the full-time carers of the young. You were on the Today Show the other day. Like, it's really hard to get your point across when you've got a one-minute, 27-second piece of real estate where we actually couldn't just have that last three minutes of me fumbling my words trying to unpack a complex issue. (laughs) But, hey, we're having this deep-dive discussion into, I guess, all things equality. Yeah, totally. And I think that's just the brilliance of the podcast format and I think what you're doing generally where you can – these are complex topics and they're hard to get across in one or two minutes. And I think that's also just like why having money conversations is so important. So, there's also this research that shows that men are much more likely to talk about money with their friends and build their knowledge that way compared to women. And we see that as well. We've got a Facebook group for our members where they share advice and tips. And our What mem- can they search to join that group? Um, so it's called Women with Verve Talk Money and Life. Sweet. So if you're a man, you're welcome to join as well. But again, looking at that group, I mean, a lot of our members are better budget managers, um, have better strategies than we have and will ever design and they can help each other. And I think that's the power of where we're going Absolutely. with community building. At your live event, do you ever have uh, Verve Champagne? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I, I hope to get there one day. We're still an emerging fund, so I'm not sure if we're up to 90 bottles of champagne. But we did have $12 bottles of wine from the IGA next Woo! door. So, you know. <laughs> so, why is it important to invest ethically? Like, why can't I just invest and give me money? Give me money, people. I don't care where you get it from. (laughs) So, I think there's like a moral argument to this and then I think there's also a financial argument. So, interestingly, as a superannuation fund, we're not allowed to invest your money in line with your ethics. We have to invest your money for what we think will give you the greatest returns. So, every time we make an ethical screen, we have to argue to the regulator why we think that's in the interest of profit. Otherwise, we can't do it. Because you've got a duty to grow your members' retirement savings. Yes, that's our primary duty. Now, I think from the moral perspective, especially living in Australia, if your money is just a normal fund, apart from being invested in things like um, weapons, tobacco, gambling, fossil fuels, um, the vast majority of your money is going to be invested in resources. So coal, gas, other mineral extraction or in the banks that finance them. And, you know, like I just think this is just such an incredibly old school way of looking. So there's some recent research that's come out that's shown that if just 7% of superannuation was invested in renewable energy, it would be enough to transition the entire economy to renewable in Australia, like 7%. So more than our, more than 7% of our fund is. But if the big players were following suit, like we would be solving one of the greatest challenges of our time. It's just insane to me. Yeah, and it's funny. A lot of people don't realise. So, the entire Australian share market, and I think, and I haven't looked at this number, you know, yesterday, but I think it's about 12% of every company listed. So, 12% of the whole market is just BHP. So, if you've got an Australian equity index fund, for example, and BHP had a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. Totally. And this is where I think where the, the moral argument and the, um, the financial argument come together because, um, you know, when the economy, the global economy and the Australian economy is doing well, these funds, the, the non-ethical funds also do well. 
Um, but the moment we have another global financial crisis or even a downturn, the two industries that get hit the hardest, resources and banks. So your super is going to absolutely plummet, which is why in Australia we see ethical ethical funds, and obviously there's a divergence of what ethical means, but outperform the industry over three-year, five-year and ten-year time horizons because, um, you know, it really levels out the risk. And if you look at our portfolio of what we're invested in, it's incredibly diversified. And when you diversify, you reduce risk. So we're invested in renewable energy, we're invested in healthcare startups, um, you know, it's agriculture, um, it's such a diverse portfolio. In this type of society... We've just got to stand up and not use our voice, but use our money. And it's like, no, I'm not investing in that. And then maybe some of these big fund managers with the outflows will start to get the message that, you know, we as a society want better. Totally. And we've got choice now. Totally. Ten years ago, we didn't have, we couldn't have this podcast because the system was not skewed for you to be able to set up an ethical super fund because you're not one of the big boys downtown. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, um, you know, when we're all when we're all retired, we're going to be facing some pretty heavy questions from our children and grandchildren about what we did about climate change and how are we going to answer those next generations if we say, oh, but we were actually investing in it. We actually had our money helping to grow these industries. Um, and so, from my perspective, that's why I think it's um, just incredibly important that we're really conscious about where our money is going. And as you said, I mean, a lot of these big funds now, they're setting up their ethical options. Um, but, you know, they're not changing the behaviour of the rest of their fund. And when you're trying to get information on what is in those ethical options, there's absolutely no transparency. So, I think unless you're invested in a fund that really has ethics at its core, um, you've got to be very careful about what some of these eco-ethical funds are actually invested in. We actually talked before we hit record about, I guess, um, the resistance and making things easy for people. Like, there's no excuse now to fall asleep at the wheel of your own personal finances because technology has made it easy. I mean, now you can log in and change the investment option where 10 years ago, you had to fill out a form, select this, and there was just all this friction and you just go stuff it too hard. So, it's a great time to be alive and it's getting to the point now that I'm kind of happy that to a point, anyone maybe under 30 at the moment, you won't have the age pension when you retire as a worst case scenario. But hey, we've been told and we've got 40 years to work on that. And then that goes into a, well, you've got to be a responsible and ethical person yourself and be a good steward of your own money, which means not falling asleep at the wheel and being intentional about every part of your life. Yeah, totally. I think And it's this so concludes my sermon. <laughs> no, I think it's so important. And then I think, you know, as a super fund, we have quite a radically different view, I think, to most funds. And I think our view in a way is, is similar to yours and what, what you're doing as well. It's it's our job is to then, as people and holders of knowledge, is to guide you, is to make those processes as easy as possible um, and to support you in doing that. And unfortunately, a lot of other funds just don't have that outlook. They say that their job is to take money, invest many money and make money. Mm. And interesting, when you say that, uh, I was digging around uh, because I did that episode, 50 Shades of Green, and I looked at the Responsible Investing Association of Australia they're pretty much saying 
ethical funds are outperforming the market now. And on that episode, I asked Jody, like, why is that? Mm. Um, so, what's your view of that? Totally. And I think, um, you know, if you look at our performance as well, um, you know, our last six months have shown that as well. We've outperformed the market. Our fund manager constantly has been outperforming the market through ethical investing. Um, and I think it goes back to um, two factors. And I think one is around risk. So, um, you know, when the market does dip down, ethical funds tend to really stabilise out. So, um, the ethical funds actually perform often differently to other funds. So, when the Australian market's peaking and those resources are really high, ethical funds sometimes a bit lower, but massively make up for it when the market dips. So, I think risk is one thing. Um, and then as we talked about diversification, so just being invested in a whole lot of companies. And I think the third part is that when you're truly invested in an ethical fund, like our fund, our investment managers intricately know all of those companies because they've looked at the profile of their board. They've looked at all the things those companies are doing and investing in. They've looked at their supply chains to make certain there's no um, known labour rights abuses. So by the time we put your money in a, in a company, we absolutely know it inside and out. It also is because a lot of the big funds and the old school funds are super lazy. They yeah. just chuck the money on the ASX and move away. And because everyone's fallen asleep at the wheel and they totally. can't be really changing anyway. Totally. They've fallen asleep. They don't have to... They don't have to find these investments because we're not investing in the big banks and BHP billetons. We have to find those really high growth um, alternative investments. And that means that we've got great opportunities that we're investing in and it's building money for our members. And I think it's important that people understand, um, you know, ethical. It's not just – we're not just investing in wind farms. So, I don't have 100% of my, prof, uh, my portfolio in wind farms, okay? It's ethical, as you mentioned – from a top level, we actually care. And actually, as a bit of a segue, Verve Super, you've got your own values on the website. Uh, I'll start with the pol- uh, the positive. Um, now, you seek out investments uh, in companies with the following activities, strong labor standards and corporate governance, ethical treatment of people and animals, sustainable products and ethical procurement of, and fair trade, uh, production of health of healthy foods and support for healthy lifestyles. I mean, that's amazing. Community finance, local enterprise or social enterprise for women-led entrepreneurs, renewable and efficient, renewable and efficient energy production, recycling and re and waste reuse. The list goes on. So it's not just um, we invest in wind farms. It's everything, and you're really just steering clear of uh, companies that you know the board and the senior execs are just all men. Um, you're steering away from companies that, you know, take advantage with slave labor, women's rights and uh, abuses in the slave chain, uh, fossil fuels, gambling, tobacco, armaments, you know, nuclear and uranium, old, uh, basically cutting down old forests. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, like, does anybody want their money invested in cutting down old forests? No. Like, I, oh, I just, um, there are 50 shades of green. If we just invest in wind farms, and I'm just picking on wind farms, I don't know. Um, yeah, that might be a crap return, but we can get a banging return over here where half the board or more are female. They're freaking got a, they're only having their office in a place that's eco. I don't know. I'm just making mm. crap up mm. just to put the point home. So it's just not all, it's just good to really have these discussions. Um, 
And like to, to think about who, we, what are these companies? So Cochlear is a great example. Australian company, um, their pay gap is less than 3%, which is amazing, um, and a super high-performing company in an industry that's growing. So they make ear implants for deaf people. Mm. Wonderful. Wouldn't you want your money invested in that? It's, it's really interesting because even at a small business level, and I mentioned this on another podcast, I forget where it was or when it was, but I said when I started my business, I just did things right and by the book. So that means I purchased my laptop, paid for a version of Windows, paid for Adobe. I didn't just download it. Mm. I, I pay for all my music. I don't download movies. I pay for this stuff. So, yes, it might seem that it's costing me more, but I'm doing the right thing. I'll do me, you do you, and we'll compare notes in 20 years. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of it comes down to your look on, on the on the world and where we're going, right? So, there's some great research that shows that um, if we're to avert the absolute worst catastrophe of climate change, um, only 7% of current fossil fuel resources, so coal, gas and oil can be burnt, 7%. So, that means if you think about all those companies like ExxonMobil, BHP, Rio, if we're to literally avoid catastrophe, they're going to have to wipe off 93% of the assets off their books. And if you're investing in that, that's going to be your money. And so what future are you banking on? So I'm banking on a future where we largely solve this issue and move forward. And so I think that money is going to crash. Um, and that's the same with weapons. You know, your money's invested in weapons. Um, you know, do you think that conflict is going to continue to escalate and the market's going to continue to escalate? Or do you think eventually we're going to have less conflict and that's going to be an industry that dies? So, yeah, exactly. Let's bet how we want to bet and compare yeah. 30 years later. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um just a bit off topic because it's me and I always do this. Um, you recently ran for the Senate. Oh, that's come up. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was just thought of it because, and it's probably a whole other podcast in its own, right? Whatever way you vote out there in podcast land, Australia has not had any decent energy or climate policy ever. So, we've got a systemic problem. I don't know if... Totally. And I, 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 yeah, I agree with you and I feel like, you know, this is kind of where my head's at, right? Where, you know, I was working in corporate Australia, um, felt like I wasn't making change, went overseas, I was like, climate change, this is epic, was working for the world's largest humanitarian organisation on the face of these climate impacts. I was like, gosh, we've got to get to the, you know, the root cause of this stuff. Um, came back, I was like, politics, that's where it's at. Let's try to make political change. Um, okay, we're not getting anywhere with the political change. Okay, what else can we do? We need to start moving our money because, like, the money is what's fueling all this. And so, there we go. Let's start a super fund and, and yeah, do something and about I, it. I think we, the people, need to actually do it ourselves without the politics of it all. Totally. It's it's. There's so much we can be doing and I think at the end of the day, okay, Maybe your money can't make all the difference, but I think there's a financial argument for it. And I think it's about what do you want to be looking back at? At least one thing you'll be able to say when you look back at when you're in your 60s is, hey, I took my money out of these industries. I didn't want to be invested in them. Yeah. And, th and that's it. Like even around my own freaking house at home, I can't control the world, but I can make the choice that I've got the water tank that does my toilets and laundry mm. and back lawn. I've got recycle, I've got LED lights. So I, we've just got to control what we can and I don't know, if you've had enough of something, stop paying them. 
like yeah, stuff totally. like so we could, people power it will win i think you're an optimist i hope you're investing ethically <laughs> i've got an ethical investment fund yes yeah um you're betting on the planet that's a good position to be exactly and it's been a cracking fund <laughs> yeah the returns are amazing absolutely yeah, yeah. Let's dig deep into your specific baby, Verve Super. You want to? You have got the first super fund in Australia. That's by women, with a tilt to women, uh, but not exclusively to all people. Um, so, I want to ask some. <laughs> this is where the barbecue. Hang on, I'm just leaning over, <laughs> turning up the grill. Get a sip of water. Uh, yeah, who owns the fund? Do, yeah. you, do you or is there shareholders? What's, what's the go there? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, um, there's obviously different ways you can set up funds. Um, so, we set this up in the lowest cost uh, way available to make it the, the lowest cost to our members that we could. Um, so, we brought on some investors that are really aligned to our values and what we want to build with the fund. Um, and so, the shares are largely um, a split between those investors. Uh, but what we're really excited about and what we're looking at doing this year um, is that there's some new legislation that's come through called crowd equity raising, which you might have covered in the past. Not yet. Not yet. So, that allows um, me to sell part of my shares to people at your members' audience, part of your audience. So, um, through that legislation, we can actually open up um, offering shares to everyday investors. So, what we're looking at doing this year is actually opening up um, our company so that our members and anyone who wants to get behind us can actually own the fund. That's cool. Yeah. Send me a, uh, a thingy we on We will. That. We will. Just for like me personally. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever. I've convinced you. That's good. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like Inception. I can have my self-managed super fund own money in a super fund and I don't know. I'm just anyway. That's cool, and so by default, you know, industry funds. Let's be clear; they've been out on our TVs on the bus stops for many, many years. You're not an industry fund, is that correct? No, we're not an industry fund. Sweet. So you're not out there saying you're a builder. Come and join our fund, and we invest in building. So it's a open offer fund, basically. What are the fees like? Because I know some of the advertisements mm. that are out there in the world say this super fund's this and I know one super fund has just come out and said we've got a fee-free option at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we tried to make our fees really transparent and really simple. So I think part of the problem is that when people go on to the um, to super funds and try to compare is that it's quite complex a breakdown. So we charge really simply 1.19% of your balance um, plus about $94 per annum. Sure. But then we've structured our fees so that if our members are on parental leave, we don't charge the fixed fee. Um, if people have balances of under $5,000, we don't charge the fixed fee. So try to make certain that people with um, – trying to level the playing field a bit. Sure. And then if you look at how that compares, so we're really um, – for, for the product that we offer, it's really – I've got to be a little bit careful with direct comparisons, but it's really one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest um, – for an ethical fund. This is a really fairly priced um, ethical option. And then if you compare it to industry funds, we're actually even cheaper than some of the ethical um, options of industry funds. And I use that term ethical uh, lightly because often they don't actually show what they're invested in. Um, So it's a product that had to be um, fairly feed because it is for women. And and obviously uh, fees is a key thing that can lead to the um, degradation of superannuation over time. Yeah, it's fees... 
my personal view of, and it's not even a, a, a view about super fun fees. I've got a view in life that if you want quality, you might have to pay for it. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and when I fly, I fly Qantas. Shout out, Qantas. What up, Alan? Um, only because I know on balance probably most reliable um, and I mean their program. But but I guess what I'm saying is I don't just go to Webjet and go Sydney, Melbourne, what's the cheapest one? Tiger Air. And then, you know, Tiger Air, they've probably got low priority on the runway, get bumped, get delayed. There's no extra planes there. So I pay a premium to have something that I value, which is reliability, comfort, if you will, whatever, okay? So that vibe in my life, and a lot of my listeners know that I'm not race to the bottom, get the cheapest, get on with your life. There's a, there's a book out there where someone tells someone to go to this super fund because they're the cheapest in Australia at the moment. Now, that book has to be rewritten probably every month or edited because there's always going to be a new cheaper thing. So you can't play by that logic because if you move your money to that fund because it was the cheapest, you can now get a re- you can now get an industry fund that has a fee-free option. So you need to move your super fund. So Yeah, and I think it's so interesting with fees, right? Because some of these industry funds that are out oh, not just industry funds, but some of these funds that are out there really talking about having no fee, the lowest fee products. You go onto their website and you actually look at which ones of their options are performing the best and it's actually sometimes their higher fee products. That's right. So often we've seen um, that the ethical products even in these funds are performing better and they're higher fees. So I think this no fee, low fee, you've got to be really careful at what the returns are as well. And I think, you know, unfortunately because financial literacy is so bad amongst so many Australians, it's very easy to say go for a low fee product because it's a super simple message. But I think for young people listening today who want to be a little bit more sophisticated with their investing, they need to look at fees and returns as well. And I think, you know, I've said on record that super fees, I think under 1% is good. But if you like Verve and what they're doing, because I'm going to get into some other cool things that you're doing, you pay for something that you believe in as well. It's as simple as that. So, we have options in this lifetime. If you want the cheapest fund on the planet, Shoo, go, run, see ya. And you're probably not listening to this podcast because you probably think I'm an idiot, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) the people who are listening, my crew, you get that, you get what you pay for. I'm not mad if you think, oh, Verve, they're really cool. I like their stuff. But hey, go to that fund. Commit to it. Don't move your crap every 10 minutes and... So, fees are not everything. If you like what Verb's doing and you're interested in the vibe of Verb, it's not a big deal. I mean, there are funds out there. I've seen them. They've got over 2.5% fees. They take a percentage, some of the old funds. They'll charge you 5% put money in. Yeah, and I mean, I think particularly with ethical funds, I don't want to name any names, but, um, you know, some of the ethical funds, because they're playing on ethics and they know that people are worried about ethics, not fees, uh, their fees are sky high and we don't consider that ethical. And to be honest, can I be real? Be real. <laughs> can, can I talk freely? <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> I had a look at your PDS before I even agreed to this interview. Aww. I would not be here 
if I didn't believe that you're legitimately doing something good and you're not gouging people. Yeah, thank you. And I think as founders, you know, we're three women founders. Um, Our entire lives have been spent around issues of building financial equality and using money for good. So, Mm. we wouldn't be here either. Yeah. There's a lot of financial advisors that listen to the podcast. You're financial advisor friendly as well. And that's the way... So, I'll give you an example. We have some clients that have significant wealth and they need help with managing their super. Uh, You allow financial advisors to take a small fee um, from Verve Super so they can sign up as an advisor or whatnot and um, you can deduct a financial advice fee if members wish to pay their financial advisor with their superannuation monies in relation to the super advice. Yeah, exactly. And that's obviously totally up for discussion between the advisor and the person, but we really um, respect acknowledge that some people don't want to make these financial decisions by themselves and they want support and assistance. So, yeah, yeah we, we support financial yeah. advisors. And actually, weirdly, on my way down to Melbourne, I, was, uh, I had lunch with a financial advisor and he just um, had a client who sat down with him and he said, oh, can you look at Verve for me? Um, so, yeah. It's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah and I think they made the recommendation that, yeah, Verve stacked up with um, your ethical views. And so, because basically what happens is if you go to a financial advisor, you can say, hey, I need help. I've got five super funds or three super funds. Can you help me unpack this? I don't have the headspace or the time. I would like you to consider Verve. And they'll just do a comparison and go, look, yeah, Verve sits in here compared to the biggest dog in town, the roguest dog in town, whatever, just to give you the information of where it sits in the universe. And I think his client still went with Verve, but it was an informed decision. Mm. So, yeah, that's just... Cool. I've got to tell you about that before. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah that's good news. <laughs> yeah. One more in the bank. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what are some of the – you mentioned the Baby Bump program. Oh, well, that was – I wrote that down mm. as the actual – called, but you actually discussed it earlier. What's that? Yeah, so Baby Bump is basically when – and it's not just for women. When any of our members are on parental leave, we pause our fixed fee. Great. And – You know, that's really, in a way, it's a tokenistic effort, but it's a way of kind of acknowledging that things aren't fair for people that take time out of the workforce in terms of their super, and that's the little thing that we can do. But in addition to that, we actually support our members. So when they notify us that they're going on leave, we actually also ask them if they would like us to contact their employer. And what we do then is we contact employers and ask the employer if they would like to continue to pay superannuation. That's great. So we do see some Australian employers continuing to pay superannuation while people are on parental leave and we would like to see more of it. So we're trying to start that conversation. And if you're a small business owner and you're listening and you've got staff, I employed a guy, shout out, shout out Jason, if you're listening. Um, when his wife had the second baby, I don't think I'm telling anything private. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I basically said to him, you're taking an extra two weeks off at full pay um, because I want you to be with your wife and new family for just a gift. You, like, so Amazing, amazing. If you're an employer... Don't be a freaking tight ass. Value people and make sure they're the best people that they can be to their family. Yeah, amazing. And I think it's about, you know, that kind of act is inspiring. Like hopefully there's other people listening today who are employers who might then do it. And it's the same with us, like having a conversation with an employer. Sometimes it's just asking them, can you continue to pay super? And they'll do it. Yeah. You provide 
free financial coaching. What's the deal with that? Yeah, interesting. So, one of our co-founders actually started an NGO called 10,000 Girls and spent the last decade providing financial coaching to women for free and just has seen this as a huge major gap. And essentially what we do is we are in between hopping on the Government Money Smart website or reading something online and spending thousands of dollars and going to a financial advisor. And essentially there's this huge gap in between and I think this podcast is also really solving that gap um, where a little bit of support. So maybe it's going to an event or hopping on a webinar um, or we have like a six-step money and mindset program where you can really take the six steps to um, get your finances in order. Um, we also do online um, challenges. So we're running an investment-ready challenge at the moment where our members are learning about investing. Providing that little bit of um, support, education, guidance, that's really what we want to do. So we're not going to tell you what you should do. We want to really build your knowledge to do it. And one of the great things is that if you decide you still want to go to a financial advisor for professional advice, you're going to be armed with all the tools to be able to evaluate that advice and have a really great conversation with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I do, as you said, like with the podcast, I just want you to be skilled up to the point where you know what's freaking going on in the world, you know what an ETF is, you know how the super funds work. So you can then go to a professional advisor and go, look, I've done this my own way. Um, I'm as far as I need. Now I need you to turn it up to 11 with me. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's fun. Like, you know, our, our events, it's pizza and it's $12 wine from IGA. Yeah. Um, and it's very casual. And, you know, I think that's, it's about making it fun and getting people engaged. Yeah, sweet. Um, is that the Verb Academy? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Well, we might leave it there. So remember... If you are interested in having a look, vervesuper.com.au, it's a breath of fresh air to hear that there are people out there doing some cool things and actively making a difference. And I wish you and your members all the success in the world. Thank you. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter, Proprietary Limited, trading and sort your money out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689.